Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to Will You Accept This Rose, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah. Gonna get all up in you tonight. It feels so good. I just got one little question for you, girl. Will you accept this rose? Oh, will you accept this rose into your world? to my bunkers bougie garage my name is arda marine and i am coming to you five feet below the surface of the earth hiding from covid19 because i'm terrified hello and welcome we are now breaking down episode i'm only going by itunes or amazon Bachelor Archive people, mwah, best of luck to you. But we are on episode 11, probably <laughs> episode 8 on the, uh, it's the hometowns. It's the hometowns. With me today, and he's going to be taking over for the rest of the season, our queen, Erin Foley, has a uh, family emergency. And so we are wishing her luck and we're sending her love. And we have, quite honestly, an American hero has stepped in. Right. When I think of a Navy SEAL, when I think of a national treasure, mm. when I think of somebody who was on iCarly, Drake oh, and yeah. Josh, or still the king, I think of our rookie. No, not, of not that last one. Okay. <laughs> no, no. That's probably the first thing I think. Still the okay. king. <laughs> I think, no, it's not Billy Ray Cyrus. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend Jerry Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to be here, Arden. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. How does it feel to be a hero? You know, it's very selfless of me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I've noticed how selfless I'm being. Great. That's so good. So it feels are, great. It feels great. 
you know, I've learned people who are selfless, they generally announce, I'm so selfless. And that's, yeah. that's how you know. Well, how, would, how else would people know, Arden? They wouldn't know. Get over it. They need to get over it. And they need to catch up. People who also need to get over it and catch up because, look, it's as if we have our own personal Yoda. Maybe you're more of an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of a person. I don't know, and I'm not judging you. But when I think of Bachelor historians, and when I think of somebody who's my eyeglass twin, there's only one woman who comes to me, and she is in possession accidentally of 230 carats. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend Lori. Hi, everybody. Lori, and you accidentally ordered too many carrots. Yes, yes. Uh, that's the, the challenge of ordering what you think are 26 carrots, when really they are 26 bundles of carrots, now totaling <laughs> over 200 carrots. And, uh, I'm and, so orange. And is your entire fridge just filled with carrots? It's completely packed with carrots. Great, great. Luckily, they well, keep well. Your palms will be yellow by Friday. Yes, right. absolutely. Your so I need, I need some color amazing. some way, right? You know, it's true. You know what? You'll look like you got self-tanned, but only yeah. on your hands and feet. That's right. Also, bringing in a tan, always rocking a tan, a queen, a treasure, a person who loves to tan but is not tan right now, Tana Anna Hosnian. Hi. Hi, Tana. How are you? Oh, you know, just rotting away without the sun. Um, Katie Levine, are you rotting away with us? I know you're hiking, Katie. I know you're hiking. Oh, dude, the trails are closed. You can't hike. But I've been doing a lot of walks. Oh, yeah. Scout, who's actually having crazy dreams. You might be able to hear her. She, we're, We've been going on lots of walks, so... I have been too afraid to go on walks anymore, but you know what I have purchased? I has not arrived yet, but I got one of those straw hats with the plastic all-around shield that I'm going to put a face mask and then a bandana and then the shield, like hazmat hat, and then maybe I'll go for a walk. Please send us photos of you. Yeah, I'm going to need to see that. I sure will. (laughs) I've noticed, I, I, I haven't really been on a lot of walks but i had to look up the rules for the mask so if you're if you're alone or with someone you're quarantined with you don't have to wear a mask if you're walking or running no they but, said that, 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 no that's not true well, right? it depends like, where you are too right it's beverly hills and glendale are not that they have to wear masks but everywhere else at least according to the la times as of yesterday i think you have to wear masks while exercising well, no. it's, it's different in well, it's it's different in different areas. So in the se- uh, the seven counties up here, there's now it's no longer recommendation for masks; it's a requirement. So, I mean, why wouldn't you wear a mask? Why would you not? But the thing is, is because you're. I can't imagine running with a mask on. I find it hard enough to breathe. So, so here, here, here's the situation: is that you, you, if you can maintain social distance from. You know, if you're within, I would just say 10 feet, right? Yeah. Then, then you are not required if you're bicycling or running to wear a mask. However, it's very challenging in certain areas to avoid people altogether. So you should have a mask at the ready if you're yes. exercising, bicycling, uh, hiking, and otherwise, anywhere else, though, you should be wearing a mask. Outside. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, we're going to start off with a little hot bachelor goss. This is history, Jerry, that you may not, you will not know about. But um, just, you don't know what I know. Two seasons ago on Bachelor in Paradise, one of the most our favorite couples, they only had a 24-hour period of, of joy. It was Jordan and Jenna, the most unlikely duo to fall in love and get engaged. And then if you'll recall, the day after it aired, there was a whole thing that it said he said that he got these text messages and that she had some boyfriend that was sort of paying for her, like a wealthy older sponsor kind of a guy. And so, but he didn't wish her any ill will. His heart was broken, but it was sort of insinuated. Somebody was kind of insinuating that she was like a high priced kept woman. Well, however right. you want to phrase that. Yeah. So, and everybody felt sorry for Jordan that he, he handled it, even though he'd been sort of a live wire, he handled it with grace. He never said anything badly about her. He was very sweet about it. And there was a uh, thing that came out this week, and this will air a little later on. But Lori, tell us what the latest hot goss is. So uh, at the time, Jenna, you know, uh, completely denied these accusations that she was, uh, you know, that she was an escort service, so she had a sugar daddy. And in the person who broke the story, Reality Steve, was like, yeah, 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 just, you know, of course you're going to say that. And um, so over this quarantining time, she reached back out to Reality Steve. And of course, it's been about a year and a half. And she said, you know, I really want to talk to you about these accusations. I did not... Uh, these text messages, these screenshots of me texting the the sugar daddy, they're not true. Um, and it turns out she was it, she was uh, telling the truth the whole time. And meanwhile, you know, she was uh, essentially lambasted and um, shunned by many of her co-stars, and w- was subject to uh, you know tabloid speculation that she's this call girl essentially ruined a relationship, ruined her life. And it was, and it appears to be that there uh, is like a bachelor stalker, not me, uh, who is um, uh, apparently uh, making up this stuff. I don't know whether this person had um, an obsession with Jordan or whatever, but uh, fabricated these text messages and uh, even got even got a guy to call up reality steve you know how did they prove it so it's it's a long and drawn out saga they said that you know uh that they analyzed all of this different material that they kept writing and reality steve would follow up tried to follow up with one individual and they never saying oh can you prove to me why don't we talk on the phone and they're like oh i left my phone in my locker got it and, um, and so, but I guess it was, she hired a forensic lawyer. And even at that time, reality, Steve was like, of course, a lawyer, if you're going to pay them to, to, uh, vindicate you, that's what they're going to do. Uh, but he has, uh, this past week has recanted and apparently this, this fan has, um, I mean, it's pretty clear that this person has some mental issues also, is, uh, uh, harasses other celebrities um and uh plants erroneous information around but reality yeah, steve actually, didn't around believe her stuff. at first no I mean, didn't didn't believe jenna and so did he apologize 
He apologized this past week and said that. That's he, crazy. You know, so, so like they could have actually gotten married and fallen in love. And like, so, so like their relationship was ruined because of a crazy fan. Yeah. And it will, I mean, it, apparently it all worked out for the best. She has, she's now, I don't know if she's engaged, but she's pregnant. She's about ready to have a baby. She has another guy that she met. Um, yeah, but isn't that nuts? It's it's these this 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 crazed bachelor fan that just would plant like false information in sort of these bachelor nation bubbles. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's like legit crazy. Katie, yeah, Anna, crazy. what do you think of that? Oh my, it's that's wild. That I was like, how could this not be true? Like, who would go through the trouble? But I guess it's so weird that they pinpointed her and were like, ruined Jenna's life. Well, because it's also believable. Like, I hate to say, they picked the one, the way she, there was like, she had sort of an Anna Nicole vibe, Jerry. Totally, totally. Um, So like, it was, it was believable. Like, they picked the right person. Yeah. Like, that poor woman. Yeah. I mean, and apparently it was very well thought out because, you know, Jordan at that time said that uh, the text messages were very similar to the type of emojis that she would use with them. And then they would like, and then she had the forensic analysts analyze the emojis and then, you know, prove that, that there was like an extra spacing or something. Anyway, it seems pretty involved, pretty involved. Wow. Wow. That's so bonkers. Yeah. Crazy, huh? You must have had crazy fans over the years, Jerry. From- of course. That's why I immediately feel bad for her and feel upset at people like uh, Reality Steve who, like, push those narratives forward. And, and it's like only after the fact, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't believe her to begin with and you right. didn't vet it right. and you just pushed it and ruined her life yeah. because yeah. – when you're a public figure, the crazy is going to come regardless. It's how everybody else handles that information. And right. it's, you know, that that's a bummer that like supposedly the, you know, yes, there's crazy out there, but non-crazy people are pushing the story forward. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I have to say, they, they were a really cute couple. Like they were this weird match and it was very cute. Like they were cute. I think everybody was happy for them. That sucks. Yeah. That's a bummer. Okay, here we go. Hometowns. Whoop, whoop. Anna and I started texting each other without getting too far ahead, but I think Lori can relate too. I think we all three have similar dads. Nikki's dad was so sweet. I can't yeah. even imagine what it would be like to have Nikki's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. this, this episode, this, that, it's interesting Ooh. that you're starting there because this episode to me is all about what makes good parents. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. it is so interesting to see the contrast. Oh my God. It was like, I I can't even imagine. Like I so don't, I can't even imagine. I don't, well first, but what's interesting is that Nikki, even though she's sweet with him, she's not that nice of a person. Like, so it's like this beautiful <laughs> sweet pea of a dad. I still our disagree cra- with that. I still our, disagree with that. Our crazy dads all made entertaining daughters. It's a weird thing. I well, don't I don't think she's a bad person. I think she's not pleasant to be around her competition. I think that's it. I think I think she's not a girl's girl. She's not a girl's girl. How's that? Look, this is a competition. If it was <laughs> girls getting together for bachelorette weekend, she'd be fun as hell. But it, she's going for her man and she doesn't and by the way she's up against claire so let's Anna, 
But also Renee. It's also Renee. Oh, Renee. Anna, what do you think? Um, maybe she's just some, you know, sometimes you see this when someone has really good parents and they've lived a wonderful life. They have no problem being like a real bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you notice yeah, that? There's no pathos. They have no yeah. pathos. Like they didn't have to suffer at all yeah. with an angry dad. So you yeah. like kind of are a yep. little spoiled in that sense. What you call bitchy, I call competitive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was literally just talking to my kid about my, about my father before coming up here and he had all these questions. He's like, why was he so mean? Was he like Donald Trump kind of mean? I was like, well, let's not get out of yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's so far outside of the realm of my reality yeah. that mm-hmm. I actually, I wrote down, I said, her father doesn't seem like a father, uh, but her pa- I was like, is that, I, but, but a pastor, that's what I wrote yeah. because he was, so, he was almost so formal. I know. And I, he seemed like, like, like he was her, her pastor because I, no way. Of no, honestly, I've never had anybody be protective yeah. of like, I don't know anybody that's like daddy's girl. Okay, here we go. So we have, so we have anyway. I, guess I, I guess I don't hang out with people that were daddy's girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to relate. Okay, so we have Nikki at Kansas City, and she shows up in her infinity scarf at Union Station. <laughs> 2014, I remember hunting down on Etsy an infinity scarf. Now, look, I still like an infinity scarf, but when they first hit that, I was like, wow, give me an infinity scarf. What's um, an infinity scarf? It's like one long loop, and it just you just sort of wrap it around, and you're kind of like, it's like you pile like a, like a bunch of tires on me, but they're all connected and they're made of chunky wool. And I is it like that Lenny Kravitz scarf? Kind yes. Of, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. It's all connected. It's it's just a giant piece of material. It's a giant connected, circle, it's and a you circle. just keep like bunching it up and putting it around, and it just it's like yeah. you're being boa constricted. It's like a boa by cashmere. Yes. Okay. So they show up in her infinity scarf, and Juan Pablo. She needs to find out we're in Kansas City, Missouri. If he's a real cowboy, it's a cow town. So they go to a gas station barbecue. That food looked so fucking tasty. I he, was so jealous. It looked so good. Ugh. He loved it. He, he loved was like, it. he loved. He was like licking his fingers. He's like, I'll get fat eating this barbecue every day. He loved it. Did you go get a lot of barbecue when we filmed in Nashville, Jerry? Yeah, I oh, I love ribs i love them i don't eat them often so when i do when it happens it's such a treat and oh man those looked really good i gotta tell you when i did the horror movie satanic panic we filmed in dallas and we filmed nights so we would be up super late i remember going and getting like a barbecue texas barbecue oh between nashville and i mean it is the best. Uh, Kansas City's got some good barbecue, too. Plug your ears, Katie. I'm sorry. Uh, it, but it's got some good barbecue. I, I, lo- I, on the other hand, eat ribs way more than I should. Uh, and I would be chowing down on those ribs. Dude. So then she took him to the electric bowl. And you could tell that he was nervous. And he goes, ay, ay, ay. And he goes, and I want to also just say, Still, by the end of this episode, I'm still liking the guy that I I was told I was going to hate. So far, 11 full episodes in, aside from how he dealt with the night swimming with Claire and the throwing the daughter cock block in front of Renee. Other than that, I'm not minding Juan Pablo. I'm with you. 
he does he's not a cerebral character so no. that's a but if you just accept that yeah it, not knowing the outside stuff that we know kind of now yeah. him on the show is eh, yeah, it's fine he's fine yeah i mean no, but, but i'm sure i don't I mean, see him being like manipulative or machiavellian or insidious I feel like it's, I feel like the beginning of the end starts next episode. And just looking at the tears in the previews, I feel like the beginning of the end starts in the fantasy suite. Uh, yeah. Um, so then we have, so he goes on the electric ball and uh, he's holding on. And I felt like they were having a good time, but they have nothing to say to each other. You're saying, other. you're saying, it sounds like you're saying electric ball. It's <laughs> mechanical bull, RJ. <laughs> okay, fine. Mechanical Bold. Yes. Um, it felt like they had a good time. He was hanging on. It. He felt. He seemed a little emasculated, and it didn't seem like they had much to say to each other. But that they're attracted to each other, but they don't have much to say. It's because he asks no questions. He's yes. completely uninterested in them. <laughs> he asks more than the other guys have asked. No. I feel like he asked Claire why she was how she was. He asked Renee about her parenting and stuff. I, I think he's asked more than Peter asked. Wrong. What did, what did Peter <laughs> ask? What did Peter ask? Peter is like a ladies' man. No, you he's fell able- for Peter on these podcasts. Peter didn't ask shit. Peter <laughs> can carry on a conversation. No, you with just loved lady. him. You just loved him in these He's podcasts. He's able to talk no. about his feelings. He was awful. He just loved watching women cry. Jerry, did you feel like Peter asked more questions than Juan Pablo? Yes, no, he does. I, well, yes, Jerry. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, thank you, Jerry. I, I will say this. I will say this. <laughs> I, I feel like. Juan Pablo has like run out of his phrases. Like he's gone through them so many times and now it's like, I, I'm, I'm over this and I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I literally don't have enough grasp of the English language to, to continue talking this way. Anna, what do you think? Do you think Juan Pablo asked less questions than these other bachelors we've had? I agree with Jerry. I think he's kind of run out of things to say to them. Like, you mean as far as in the English language? Well, I just think he, his whole thing is like, <laughs> oh, so you're so interesting. Yeah, oh. it's like he's, yeah, he's got his five phrases yeah. that he's used oh. over and over and over. Yeah. And he's, now it's like, I can't, I can't say that anymore. Yeah. You've been yeah. thinking a lot. For more. Yeah, you've been thinking a lot. What are you you've thinking? Been thinking? You've been what are you thinking, thinking a lot. Me, you don't try to impress me, and that impresses me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess. how much of a dip is this show now that Charlene is gone, Lori? Oh. Oh, God bless Charlene. Ugh. Let's get her on. Oh, now it's like, ugh, okay. All right, get so to it, Juan Pablo. Just so pick already. So then they're going to go meet the family, the Farrell family. And I was, they had a gigantic, like, ornate Asian screen in their dining room, which was fascinating. And I was like, did you notice that, Anna? Yeah, yeah. They're an interesting family. So they have, but the dad was so nice. And he was like, I just want to welcome you to the family. And they were talking about how they were flying around. And uh, Nikki was like, well, Juan Pablo flew first class. I flew coach. And they were like, (laughs) you know, okay, princess. The little daddy's girl was pissed, but she wasn't kidding. And then, um, (laughs) and then she's talking to her sister, I think. And she's like, physically it's there. 
but there's also a mental attraction. I haven't told him I'm in love yet. And then they said, if he got down on one knee and said, asked you, would you say yes? And she was like, absolutely. And I have to say the dad was so nice. And uh, he's like, well, we trust Nikki. And if she's there, then we would welcome you. We would accept wholeheartedly you and your daughter and welcome you both into our family. And uh, she, and then the, the dad went and talked to Nikki and was like, have you thought about becoming a mom? She's like, yep, I'm not in for any surprises. I've got a lot of love to give. And he goes, well, I always support you in whatever you do. And I literally thought, what the fuck is, what is, Anna, Lori, you have the floor. I mean, I was literally like, I've never seen that from a dad. I was shook and texted you immediately. And I was like, what is he saying? Like, what, why is he being so nice? I was really confused. Like, I was like, that's what a, like a supportive father is. No, it's a pastor. It's oh. not even. It's not even her father. Jerry, it's do you a have pastor. Any, do you have any quirky parents, Jerry, or or do you? My parent. Any? My parents are are funny people. That this guy reminded me of my dad. Oh. My dad would be. Would, my dad would be that supportive. My dad oh. is a little bit more gregarious than this man. This man is very pastory. Oh, He's Papa very, Trainer. Oh, Papa Bill Trainer. He would. He would basically. He would make Juan Pablo feel right at home, oh. and he would be like, "I trust my kids. My kids. If yes. my kids think it's right, then it's right." Do you have well-adjusted sisters? Oh yeah, my sister's real. She's. Well, ironically, we're both single, no kids, so I don't know, but <laughs> but she's very uh, smart, well-adjusted, yeah. I mean, I, My on. dad would be like, welcome, Juan Pablo, <laughs> and Lori, you've always been such a disappointment. <laughs> Literally, my, my dad, upon meeting a boyfriend, said... So, are you getting any? I'm like, that was oh my you. god! Like me, I'm your daughter. Like that's so disgusting. Like you, I mean, you mean like, are you bonding with him like in a male way of like, are you fucking my daughter? Like what? Ew! He was so disgusting. A great mom, great mom, such a disgusting dad. Great <laughs> <laughs> brother, great brother. Thankfully, my dad was not interested in parenting, so the upshot of that was. Like, it was just like, you kind of had to just avoid him in the house. You know what I mean? There was, like, two other great people in the house, but there was, like, one disgusting guy in the den. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Good. here we go. So then we have, so then we have, um, wait a minute, hold, please. We're not moving off of this family just yet, are we? No. I have to find it. Hold on. Oh, yeah, there we are. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, what do you want to talk about with this family? Well, I just would, th- this moment, and then as, and it, it, the feeling I first had just became more solidified as I saw the episode go, but my, my, when I saw him get welcomed into this family and how easygoing they were and trusting of their daughter and how, and how um, Nikki was very forthright and I, I'm in love with him. I would absolutely marry him. I was like, this is a goldie. She wins. There's yeah. no there's no question in my mind she wins this. No, there, no, this she's clearly a, the winner. This is a Goldilocks situation. It, everything is just right. Yeah. She's just right in every way for him. The family is just right. There's no drama. It 
this is what he wants. Well, clearly she's the winner. And then I, just watching this, I'm like, how did they not stay together? Like, what's the like, what's the problem? Like, what happened? Why didn't it work? Because well, like, we're going to find out. Okay, okay, okay. So then he goes outside and he goes, what are you thinking? She's like, good things. And then she's like, I'm not going to tell him that I'm in love with him. But like, she was like, she wanted to tell him, but she decided not yet. Anna, what did you think? Um, I mean, they all seem kind of like scared of him in a weird way. It's like, why not just tell him? But I guess it's, it's a very intense moment. I, I don't know if I would have told him either, but she, that, she felt so sure of it, though. So I was like, just tell him. It. She I feel felt, like the, yeah. it seems like the name of the game of the show has changed. Like, the currency is, you got if you don't tell him, you're out. Yeah. You yeah. have to. So I don't know when that when that changed when the because nobody told them not one person said I feel like it's like a it's a card right it's a card you can play and it's almost like a a nuclear card and it's like I don't think I need to play it just yet this is still going so well like I don't feel like I need to say it to like save what we've got Lori I, I have a little bit of a different take. I mean, we all know that the producers are egging them on to say, uh, you know, you got to tell them, you got to tell them. But I think the reason why we haven't seen them actually articulate their feelings to him is because his conversations are so superficial. There is no window in which to say anything. Right. I mean, they do not have any sort of substantive conversation. So how are you just going to throw an I love you out there when, one, you don't have a, a deep conversation to begin with? I mean, that's just sort of, there's not even an opening for it. And then secondly, and of course, which is sort of universal to the series, is that, you know, at this point, they maybe have spent 20 combined hours with the guy, right? So, But, that, um, but, that, but they are, but they're saying they're in love with him. So like it's, right in the in the ITM. So they're yeah, yeah. saying that with their producer when they that when they can marinate on their feelings and like the atmosphere and all of I mean the beautiful settings that they and the places that they've been to yeah. um and they're being fed this by by the producer but I think in terms of their actual one-on-one conversation with him there's no substance no opportunity for them to even say even broach the subject. Hi Lori. Is this your happy place for the week? Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was calming you down in the game. Yeah, it's making me feel real mad. I feel like now that there, I have no hair dye happening, I feel like you and I are like growing into similar coloring right here. I'm looking No, at I, I have never dyed my hair. This is my hair no, color. No, no, me. I'm saying me. I feel oh, like now oh. that my, oh. I, feel like, I feel like you and I are coming in a similar, we've got a similar yeah. thing happening. Yeah, look at that, huh? Yeah, look at that. Look uh-huh. at that. It's okay. a little shaggy. I t- yeah, she is. There she is. Okay, so I think I think oh, I just want to say I think Lori's right on something. It's like they want to say it, and then you can see he, they they walk to the car, and then it just kind of becomes like, "What are you thinking?" And kissy, 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 kissy. Yeah, it's almost like he they want him to to sort of coax it out of them, but he doesn't. It's like, "What do you got?" Because I'm getting in the suburban. Bye. I know. I know. You <laughs> exactly. always want him to say to him, like, I've had such a good time with you. Yes. It's, it's been, it's meant so much to like, whatever, to get to know your family. Like you've meant so much, like you have that he offers them a little. Yeah. Give it, give them some of your emotion to make, to sort of like 
lubricate it, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Lube. Lube it up and slide it up. Good for her for not saying it. I mean, good for her for not saying it, listening to your intuition, because, I mean, clearly – there, none of these people can be in love with him. There's nothing there. <laughs> we're gonna take, we're gonna take a break, a lube break, and we'll be right back. Bachelor villain, in it for the money, in it for the gram followers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast. I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes about six million approximately 11 million dollars nearly 10 million dollars was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry she would probably have sex with one of her clients hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl listen to queen of the con season five the athlete whisperer on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Okay, we're back. Is everybody all lubed up and ready to chat about Andy in Atlanta? This is where it gets good. Here we go. go. Andy, we meet her in Atlanta in Piedmont Park. 
And she goes, oh, it feels so good to be home after all those different foreign countries. Thank God I'm back. She kind of sucks, right? Oh, her defining trait is that she can be smiling and frowning at the same time. <laughs> and I don't understand it. She's, yeah. Her mouth is downturned, but she's happy. And There's I'm just few, like, what is going on? She's an interesting one. Like, when the camera's too close, like, like from afar, she's so hot. Like, yep. she's so hot. And then there's certain angles when she's, when she's, in a, when she's upset. Like her whole face is like there's like like there's something that changes like when it's too close. It's, it's, it's what's Lori's Lori's doing it right now. Yeah, that's it. Lori <laughs> 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 kind of looks like Beaker from the Muppets. If right I can do a Beaker. Remember yeah, 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 I used to do Beaker. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah, here's Beaker. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway. It's so good. That's perfect. Um. So then we have, she's got her ombre hair. It's dark on top and light on the bottom. And she goes and she gets him and she's like, this is crazy. You did crazy things with me. Soccer, dancing, karaoke. And I'm like, are soccer, dancing, and karaoke really that crazy? Like They're insane, Arden. <laughs> soccer, dancing, and karaoke. Like I can see if it was like skydiving, rolling in the ball down the hill. Like, those are a little weirder. Okay. It's, Playing it's, sheep poop tag. Yeah. She it's, goes. You're, it's crazy. It's like playing cribbage. Yeah. Or she, watercoloring. She goes, you know, you, insane stuff. Are you tough? Do you think you can handle it? We're going to shoot guns. And she got a nine millimeter and immediately hit a bullseye, which I think she did. Yeah. And then, and then she took a machine gun and she just started just like nailing it. And she's like, she goes, she goes, if you're going to date me, you got to know how to hold a gun right. And Georgia, you're a Southern man. He knows how to handle a gun. You can't, I can't bring him home to my family unless he gets a bullseye. And then he keeps miss, missing and talking about being emasculated. And then she's like so relaxed after shooting all the guns. And he's just like naturally kind of terrified. She is a journey. Anna. What a terrifying day. The fact that she was like immediately like, give me the goddamn AK-47. Like, like she was so intense in that moment that I was like, dude, stop with the gun shit. Like this was so clearly before like we really needed gun control where it was like, okay, uh, I'm pushing this. Lori, Lori, Sorry, I what, got tell lots me, of feelings me, about tell this. Me. This Lori. is not going to be light. This is not going to be light and joyous because Please. this this whole scene completely pissed me off for yeah. a variety of reasons. Is one is equating shooting a gun with uh, masculinity, right? That he's going to have to prove his manhood. Yes, and if he can't shoot a pistol. Or an assault rifle, which is designed to rip human bodies apart, that he is not worthy of her love. Okay, mind you, this was this was filmed in 2014, maybe even the end of 20, actually no, 2013, the same year as Sandy Hook, as the Aurora Theater, Damn. and the fact that there was such a disconnect, and even if you watch with and, and look at the music or listen to the music, that there's such a disconnect 
with this conversation. It was so maddening to me, right? Of course, we hadn't seen Las Vegas. We hadn't seen Orlando. We hadn't seen the Stoneman Douglas. We hadn't seen, I mean, on and on and on and on. But the fact that there is so tone deaf. Oh, sorry about the light, the light and joyous podcast. No, I'm like, look at Lori. She's so <laughs> yeah. smart. I'm but so glad I am. No, but I mean, the, the fact that there was such a disconnect here that, that this is after Sandy Hook, after Sandy Hook and the failure of gun legislation across our country, that they yeah. have this scene of them sort of making this about, you know, you can prove your manhood by shooting an assault rifle. It's just so disgusting to me. I was trying to figure that out because I was like, this wasn't that long ago. Like, why Why did they, like, this felt like they were normalizing in a way that was really confusing to me, which made me feel like, was this filmed in, like, 2000? Like, I felt like I was going nuts because I was like, this is a no, little I aggressive. Mean, Jerry, was, I mean, it was think? after many, you know, Virginia wow. Tech. I mean, well, no, no. I mean, everything you just said is 100%, although I did not have that experience watching it because – in. in Opposite to what Anna just said, because watching this feels like it's so long ago, it was like, oh, yeah, I remember when going to a gun range was considered, you know, it was fun and whatever, and seeing people shoot guns. But I, I did not know the context that that it was that those sort of atrocities had happened that year. And But if you're 100%, I did feel like the whole, this makes you, shooting a gun, this set the tone for her whole, his whole experience with her and her family, that her intensity and like, you've got to be a gun toting type of man to, to hang with me and my family. It was like, oh man, I, I know what he's in for. And I'm just, this is a frightening moment and there's more fear to come. And I felt scared the entire time. Yeah. And so she, she, the only time she was relaxed was when she finished shooting all the guns. She was finally like, woo, like, like after like good sex, smoking a cigarette. Cause she just plowed all these things with a, like an assault rifle. And there we, they go home and there's a big sign that says, welcome home, Pookie. Yeah. Professionally <laughs> made, not like hand drawn. Like no. they went to like a printer place yeah. and had it made and hung it. <laughs> So then she's like, I've been waiting to fall in love with him. And the family could be the tipping point. So then the dad's like, he starts, she just starts telling where they all went. She's like, okay, so now you're down to eight. You still have not had a one-on-one date. Uh, uh, now you're down uh, to six. You still have not had a, uh-huh. High was not impressed. High was like, I can see that you're infatuated. But, um... Even though the parents had six months of engagement and then they were married six months later and were married for 30 years with two wonderful children, a son-in-law, and a visitor. The rudest after, after Nikki's dad, Katie. What is, Katie's dying. <laughs> Katie. No, I loved that. I love that. It reminded me of something my dad would say, just to like purposefully like fuck with someone, like as a joke. And then he'd be like, I'm joking. I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, being like a visitor. But also, yeah, Andy, it's funny that like looking back and watching it back, I, I keep thinking, how did Andy get the bachelorette? Yeah. I don't. She did? Yeah, she was the bachelorette after that. Oh, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's just like shocking to me because I'm like, how did she get this? Yeah. Like, Considering her parents have no yeah. patience for this process. <laughs> so then after the son-in-law and a visitor, um, so then she go, he goes and talks to her mom and I felt like he was very charming. The mom was kind of flirty about, she's like, so yeah. um, like, you want to show me how to dance? How about you show me? And I feel like he handled it well. He's like, why didn't I get Andy? And like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice you know, move. Cause yeah. that, that made me go. Uh. Yeah. And then, so, cause I feel like the mom liked Juan Pablo, but you don't want to be like flirting with high's lady. And you know, if high already <laughs> hates you. And so I felt like they were cute. He was teaching them both out of salsa. So they both kind of really liked them. And, um, and the dad says, you know, you and that person is how he referred to him later on. He said, you and that person. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, uh, would you accept me and my daughter? And he's like, and then he says in an in- interview with the producers, it's not an issue of some, my daughter finding somebody. It's my daughter finding somebody that's good enough. And um, so she's talking to the sister and she goes, he's hot. I'm trying to dig deeper, but I'm just not there yet. And then the sister says, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm not hearing from you that this is the one. And then she says, I want so badly. I'm looking for somebody to say that I totally see it for you guys. I wish my family could feel good in the way that I feel good and that I could be with him. Um, And then as he left, the dad said he asked, like the dad was like making fun of him for asking, and the mom said he didn't ask me. And then at the end, she was like, "That was it. I saw, I got what I wanted. Yeah, he's it." And I thought they nobody was into him. This whole thing was an exercise in denial. Yeah. For, first off, she goes to her sister and says, "I don't feel love for him yet. What do you think?" <clears throat> and the sister goes. Well, why would I tell you what you feel? Like, I can see her sister going, you just told me you don't feel love for him. Why would I tell you that you're like perfect together? It doesn't make any sense. So I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear when you just said you don't feel it, which is insane. And then when they go outside after and they go and she goes, should we, you want to sit on the bench and have a chat? And he's like, yeah, whatever. He could, it, it. (laughs) It was a resounding, no, I don't. I want to get the F out of here. Like, your family is awful to me, and I want to leave. And she goes, yeah, let's just sit. And he's like, yeah, whatever you want. And she's looking at at him in the face, and she goes, wasn't this fun? Didn't you have so much fun? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, oh, I'm so glad you see it. I'm like, Andy, you need to read body language better. Because he is terrified and wants out as soon as possible. I think everyone, even though people know that their families are nuts, they're still like, isn't my family the best? I mean, they're quirky, but aren't they fun? You know, and it's like, she didn't realize how sweet Nikki's family was. Nikki's family was so welcoming. Nothing about that experience was fun for him. He was put through the ringer. Yeah. I appreciated Ty, actually. I liked Ty. I, I thought he, he kept it real. He said, <clears throat> I really appreciated when he said to Juan Pablo, you're looking for, or he said, you know, he alluded to the fact that he, you're looking for a stepmom first and a relationship second when really you should look for, you know, who your match yes. is first. I thought that was a really, really good point. I also liked how he said, if you know, if you're essentially asking me for 
her hand in marriage, like first declare yourself to be only hers and then let's talk. Yeah. I thought that was completely reasonable, completely relatable. I liked all of that, but I did think it was very rude <clears throat> to say two wonderful children, a son-in-law, and a visitor was very rude. That's yeah, that's, that's a little rude. He, he was but, rude. But, but Lori, Lori, you like high for keeping it real, but you're not on Team Barb? I don't understand. Hmm. I don't quite get it. Well... Barb needed so much attention. Hi, no! Barb's reaction when, Barb. when Barb weeping as if you'd handed her a like a, a check that's ten feet wide from Publisher Clearinghouse when she said that he Hannah Ann is an angel on earth. I mean, her reaction was so yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about Barb. Okay, we won't go into the Barb. But but <laughs> one. I got you though. I got you. Agree it, it, to a disagree. little bit. Not really. Agree to disagree on Barb. <laughs> Eh, okay, uh, <clears throat> but I will say, however, uh, that I did uh, think that, that when, I think it was Juan Pablo said this, uh, or no, no, it was Andy. She said, but we do so great when we have fun. Oh, yeah, you know, because clearly, of so course you're going to do great when you're having fun. Yeah, dipshit. Jesus All right. Christ. So now I want to hate give... it when we have so much fun. It sucks. Oh. Jerry, I'm going to give you a shout out because oh. you've been telling us about his Pepe Le Pew walk for two weeks, and I noticed it in the next one when we got yep. to Florida in Sarasota. And um, she said, I haven't seen my son in two months. I could literally eat my son. And then we saw him round the bend, Juan Pablo, and he did his Pepe Le Pew walk. That's right. Did you see it too, Lori? I saw it. When he, when he uh-huh. Did it. Yeah, no, he does his little Pepe he Le Pew. Did he does his little... <laughs> I, I right. think Arden, I would love to take credit. I'm not the one who noticed that. I think that was Lori. Lori, Lori. Okay, Lori. But I noticed it after you said it. Yeah, did you see it when he walked Oh, up? yeah, the whole... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. his butt out, yeah. Yeah, so he walked up like a dinosaur, like a person, like a dinosaur. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and he walks up, and they're going to go to Little League Baseball, and he goes, I want this. I want a son. I want to play baseball and football and soccer. And I thought, can't your daughter play those things? Ding, ding, like, ding. She could play baseball, football, or soccer. Like, you have a child. Why can't she? She can shoot an AK-47. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I have to say, he was such a cute little boy, Ben. That kid is adorable. Oh. He was so, he looked terrified. Oh. Anna, what did you think, my girlfriend? I think Renee is an angel. And I think her son was so cute. And she deserves everything in this world. She has like Madison where Madison's eyes were like moths. Renee's were just like sparkly. Mas- it was like the rate mm. amount of mascara. She just like yeah. sparkled. I think Renee is perfect. She was so pretty. I wish she was my mom. I know. I wish she was my mom. <laughs> Maybe Renee I- is too good for this show. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. She should have been the bachelorette. So then the, the mom and the dad and uh, they were like, She's like, oh, he made some bracelets. Like, and she kind of was like, oh, I've been left out, Lori. Oh, okay. I, I just have to say something for this whole scene. Because honestly, I, you know, I'm a sap. And that's why I watch this show, right? 
But I was completely in tears during this whole scene. I know I was because, you know, you see her when her son starts to to run towards her. And, you know, and and then at that moment when when her, her mother tells her that he's been really into knitting bracelets and you see for a moment on her face, like, what the hell have I been doing? Wasting yes. my time with this blowhard. And, you know, I miss this, you know, I, I miss this time with him where he's learning how to knit. And I, I will say that I, there's a complete double standard with the show and going after the women who are leaving their kids at home, as opposed to Juan Pablo, when he gets all the credit for being like, Oh, I'm going to get it. You know, I'm cock blocking you with my daughter and I miss my daughter and what a great father he is. And, and the women on the show consistently get, you know, chastised for leaving their kids at home. But I will say my heart just completely broke because I saw, I, you know, I saw it in her face seeing that this, you know, that, that she had missed this time with him. And it was just oh. so heartbreaking I, to me for friggin' Juan Pablo. I have never wanted to go to a little league <sighs> more. I thought I want to live in Sarasota, Florida and go oh. to little league games every week and just sit and cheer these little humans on playing little league. Katie, what did you think? I thought, I think Renee is just like, she's perfect and she really should, I mean, she's, she is, she's way too good for this show. I thought her kid was like really sweet and normal because sometimes the kids show up and you're like, what a terrible child. Um, and she was just great kid. She was really nice. I really did feel bad for her because I saw that on her face too, where she just seemed like I'm missing out on so much. She even said she goes, when she saw him, he looked bigger and I mean, I, I wish that she had been the bachelorette just because I think that she deserved it. But I also am like glad that she wasn't because it would have like ruined her because did, she just seems so, so sweet. Did you want to go to a little league game in Sarasota, Florida? I played little league when I was a kid. Yeah. Not softball, little league. Yeah, as you should. Yeah. As you should. I wanted to play and they didn't have it young enough for girls. So I just played with the boys and then yeah. I played with the girls later on when I got older. But yeah. So then, um, so then Jay, uh, Juan Pablo sits and chats with the mom on a very awkward small couch. It's a very small love seat that they sit on. And he was like, well, um, I think there's chemistry. You can see he's not like rotting her, rip her clothes off. And she goes upstairs and she tucks Ben into, into um, bed. And it's going to be the last time she sees him for a little bit. And he was silent. It was so awkward. He was such a good little boy, but like there's a camera in his bed. I think it was a camera. There's I think it was a camera. camera. That's what I'm saying. There was an awk there was a camera there and like he's missing his mommy. And All things considered though, know, I thought that kid oh. was a real champ. He was, he was so trooper, like sweet. For, for such a chaotic, weird, bizarre situation. He had a smile on his face. He was warm yeah. to his mom. Yeah, so he wasn't like a chatty Kathy, but like, what are you going to do? Like, kids was, clam up when you... No, he, he felt like a very normal little boy. Yeah. Like, that's a normal reaction to have an ABC camera crew in your bedroom and you're in bed. Like, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, like, and your mom's gone and here's this guy, Juan Pablo. Oh. Like, hey, buddy. You're like, uh-huh. Hey, yeah. you've been working out, squeezing his <laughs> muscle. And so it's like, hey, oh. hey, bro, calm down. Like, let's work up to the physical contact, okay, dog? Let's, let's work up to are you working out. Yeah, stop squeezing my son's <laughs> arm. Oh. <laughs> so then um, the mom pulls Renee aside. She goes, let's talk. She goes, I just want you to be happy. She goes, I'm in love. 
Um, she goes, well, we can love our pets. She goes, no, 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 no. I'm totally, madly, crazily in love. And she goes, oh, God, I mean, this is just crazy. She goes, I know. It's just easy and natural, and I'm just game. Um, and she, And then she said, my dad is always right. So I'm curious to see. He was always right if somebody was a good guy or not. She said, what are you thinking? He says, lots of things. Um, and basically, he liked Juan Pablo. He thought he was a nice man. Um, and then she wanted to tell him she was in love with him. And he kept going, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? But then she didn't give it to him. And then as he drove away, she says, come back. I want you to know I'm frustrated. And she was just so cute. Jerry. Everything about her hometown, she's we're all on the same page with Renee. She's, she's a ray of sunshine. She's so breezy and easygoing and no drama. And unfortunately it works against her because her, the domesticity of the whole situation is in direct opposition to his, you know, Don Juan. I know he's a father and I know he wants a sort of a domestic situation, but it's almost too easygoing. Like when you meet her dad, you really see where she gets it. He's just like, yeah, he seems like a good guy. Whatever yeah, you're he's into. So nice. he's so, that dad I could actually believe wasn't a pastor. He felt like a nice dad. He yeah. just felt like just like, yeah, man, I'm going to go surfing in the morning. You guys want to go with? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I want him to be my dad. I want Renee hey. to be my mom and Renee's dad to be my dad. Hey, I just, and it, weed's legal now. You guys want to roll a spliff? I loved him. I loved her. She's so pretty. She's, she's, she's gorgeous. She's easygoing. I just don't think she has the sort of fiery side of her that he he wants. Model actress DJ. He wants that DJ model situation. High drama. He wants high drama. Yeah. Um, although Charlene wasn't high drama. But she's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, she was complicated. Well, he didn't say bye to her. She said bye to him. That's right. Well, well, he he likes high drama or hard to get. Hard to get. Yeah, because Charlene wasn't into him. I think Um, he wanted, I think he really, I think he went to Renee's hometown because he wanted to want her. But when he found himself on that tiny couch, he was just like, this doesn't fit my life. Yeah, that (laughs) tiny couch. These couches are too small. They was really like two. Couldn't they have picked the bigger couch? Wasn't there a bigger? Like, why did they sit on the tiny couch? That was too close. I have to use the restroom. I'll be right back. Pause. Ooh, I don't know about you, but uh, things are getting so hot in here. I think I gotta take a pee break. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, 
a military-trained seduction spy, reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, everybody. Oh, I loved our tea break. We have one to go. And here we are. It's Jerry's favorite. We're at a rose garden in Sacramento. <laughs> and um, and this park, she always came to this park as part of her childhood. And she's like, I'm glad we're here. She feels safe here. And I like to let her take charge today. I'm go with the flow. And then she said, do you get shy? Um, and he was like, I know, I don't get shy. I'm always just me, Juan Pablo. So then they went and they got ice cream. Um, well, oh, she and her dad would go get ice cream and then they would go and feed the ducks. And he wasn't sick. He wasn't that sick until the very last week. And she he said he could ask her anything. She said, well, who will, who will dance with me at my wedding? The father-daughter dance. And then he goes, well, we can do it right now. So then they danced. And then she said, what will we do if I desperately miss you and need you? And he said, let's go to the water and pick up a rock. And I won't be farther than from that rock. And then she shut off all the emotions when he died, but it's opened up a part of herself. I got to say that made me tear up. Oh, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I, I teared up earlier in the episode. Oh. And with this, yeah, holy cow. He sounds like a nice guy. I mean, those stories 
were beautiful. Say mm-hmm. what you want about Claire. That no, was so lovely. It's, it's the most lovable part of her. It's her talking because you can see it's authentic. You can see she had a great dad. You can see that she's resilient in this part, like that she, and that she's trying to be glass half full. But it's, and, but you can tell it's unresolved. Yeah. You just said the authenticity because before she told those stories, she was being the Claire that just makes, creeps me out and makes me cringe. She's like, <laughs> what, what kind of, what kind of person are you going to be? Like when, when you meet my family, like, are you going to be like, I come out of your shell? Like, what's I going to, what are you going to do? And he's like, uh, <laughs> bitch, I'm going to be this. Like, this is it. Like what you see is what you get. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, and then she gets, and then she tells these stories about her father and you just want to cry yeah. because this guy sounded incredible. Like what amazing answers to your questions on your deathbed. Like, yeah. And then, she, and, the, and, the, and the whole, like, you know, throw a rock into the lake and that's uh, I'll always be closer to than that. And then it cuts to that awful moment where she just underhands this. Yes. The lake. Big was, ass yes. rock in the little duck lake. I wanted her to throw the rock. I wanted her to right. skip a stone and she's just yeah. like, Plop. Yeah, you're I'm right. Like, what is? Come on. I have a terrible throwing arm, but I'm like, that. Do you throw in a rock? Like, you should throw the rock. Like, let's it, go throwing rocks. It was like they didn't want to hit a car on the other side of the Green Lagoon. I want to say to Anna. I want to give mad props to Anna's uh, flyer making skills. And when we started talking about how Claire does a, this thing with her head, Anna, the the flyer last week's flyer, she really <laughs> caught. That moment, yeah, there with her tongue and her, like it's you really found it. You knew exactly what it was. You channeled yeah. it. I watched that scene like fifteen times in a row and tried to get the perfect screenshot of her. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like she cannot believe it, and it's <laughs> manifesting in the weirdest facial movements. I also think she has like. I think she like invested in some like like Groupon lip filler maybe. Mm-hmm. So she and he loves her sexy lips, you know. So she's always like kind of Ugh. highlighting it. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I like he like she like she's putting her best lips forward. Like, like she loves it. She loves it. Okay, so then um, so I wrote down she's got does not have a great throwing arm. I wrote down that was a really. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't throw for shit, but I can throw better than that. It was so, it was such an afterthought. It was like they staged it. They're like, oh, let's get a shot of you throwing a rock. And she's like, well, I don't want to kill one of these ducks. So (laughs) plop. (laughs) So then they go to Claire's house and I just wrote down, they had a giant carpet on the wall. What the fuck? There was like a West Elm chunky loomed rug on the wall as like a tapestry but it was like just something you could get it was so weird um and they had this carpet on the wall with the five sisters and then the episode really took off for me when we met laura who is incredible (laughs) she's incredible laura she's such a she hates claire now look everybody comes in different shapes and sizes and and that's what makes the world go around but i can tell you this. Laura, looking like Laura, 
being the oldest sister. And I think there's quite an age spread because her other sister, who's pretty cute, who looks just like Maya Rudolph kind of, has been married for 20 or 30 years or something, even though she looks like she's like 28. Like I couldn't do the math on that. So I'm like, oh, there's a big age spread in these kids. So all these kids call their parent, their mom, mama, mama, mama wouldn't want this. And then we meet Laura, who is like, Ursula from Little Mermaid holding a little dog and her sister is like the pretty pretty princess Claire who's a mental handful but was probably the apple of daddy's eye and like the prettiest one of the bunch and she was determined to ruin her prom you know like this she couldn't wait to have the cameras there so um so then they're like, wow, so wait a minute, you went in the water and then you went into a hot tub and then you went back in the water again? That's a lot of bikinis. And I thought, so she told them that they fucked in the ocean? Like, did that seem strange to you, Jerry? I, are we talking about the Laura conversation? This, wasn't, this, this was just them talking about her being in and out of the water on their trip to like the whole family. I don't really remember that. That moment didn't stand out to me. I mean, in the grand scheme of, of this meeting of the okay. sisters, so then we, the handmaidens. Okay. So we have Madeline. She's a sister that's been married for 20 years. Who kind of looks like Maya Rudolph. Who was like, what would you do if, if he asked you? And she was like, yes, yes. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And it, in a heartbeat. She goes, and he would take care of my tender heart. At first, it was more just attraction, but every day, oh, this is what he started saying to one of the sisters. Every day, I get to know her more. Um, so he's basically saying, at first, I just wanted a boner, but every yeah. day I get to know her more, she's okay. She's hot. Um, Not to she, me. <laughs> but then they said, he's the ultimate Southern gentleman. This is why you waited so long. And then we have Laura. Laura goes, we've got to be realistic. Here's the thing, too. Can I ask for you a blessing? She goes, I don't believe we're there yet. And Claire says, mama or you? Anybody that calls their mom mama, and everybody calls them mama, is fascinating. And so that Laura just jumped up and folded her arms like an evil genie and like blocked her like, an, like a bridge troll was blocking mama. And she's like, what are you doing? She's like, well, I, um, uh, she's allowed to say how she feels, Laura. And then... Uh, so then Laura went and stood on the stairs, like, like lurking around. It was I think just- she didn't want to be on camera. I think she was like, okay, I, I got to say something about this. Because this is, this speaks to my issue with Claire. It's like, once you see her with her sisters, it's sort of who she is kind of becomes clear. She is the, the baby of the bunch. She's clearly the prettiest of the bunch. She's clearly always had all the attention on her. And she has serious unresolved issues. And, and she's one of those people that has a script of how things are go- should go in her mind. And Laura stops adhering to the script. And the moment Laura gets a little bit real, and I'm not saying Laura wasn't rude and being a, kind of a bee. She was. But she was being real and that's when Claire goes like, you can see her turn and she becomes this like, why are you doing this? Why are you ruining my parade? Like, why are you, (sighs) there are cameras here. And then it's like, and then I think Laura goes, oh, okay. 
I know what you're doing because I've seen you do this a million times before at every family dinner, and I'm not going to be a party a part of it. So I'm going to go stand over here because I don't want to be your the bad guy in your play no. on, on this show. No. I think I do think that uh, Claire is crazy, but I think that Laura was excited there was cameras. And I didn't excited. say she's crazy. I, think I said she. I I didn't say she's crazy. I said she she does this. Yes, but I do think that Laura was excited to play the part of the thug and was happy to ruin it for Claire and was like, "I'm just going to be back." Like, hundred percent. Uh, Laura, what did Both you think things. of Laura? What did you think of Laura? She's incredible. Well, okay. <clears throat> Well, first of all, um, if anybody should be getting a rose in this house, it's that friggin' dog, number oh, one. And the mama. Uh, mama. When he spoke to the mom in Spanish, I loved it. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> and the other thing is that Claire is one out of six daughters, which is so bonkers to me. Yeah. Um, good for them. But, you know, what also reminded me about the situation is – do you ever have like uh, somebody you know or a coworker? So I have a coworker who is just so high needs batshit crazy. And her husband is like, he just doesn't speak, right? He's just, he's just the quietest. Oh man, Lori, I know what you're talking most about. Most mild-mannered guy ever, right? And so the first two sisters, I was like, oh, that's their role. They are, you know, they are so quiet and mild-mannered and easygoing because they have to deal with Claire and perhaps Laura. And uh, so that was my sort of first observation. And then I thought it was so, you know, I appreciated Laura keeping it real. Uh, I also thought it was hilarious how she was hovercrafting over that last bit, just like wouldn't oh. leave and was <laughs> just trying to like manage the situation. Uh, but I, I mean, this bodes well for Claire's season. I'm thrilled for those family visits. I hope, oh, yeah. I hope all oh, uh, six no. of the sisters. Oh, yeah, I, no. everyone, I felt bad for the one dude who was in the mix too. He's just like, Laura, I'm Laura, just wasn't, Laura was one of the most incredible, not since Jojo's brothers kissed her on the mouth when she arrived home for her hometown <laughs> as a sibling been so bad shit. Anna, what did, wait, Lori, who, who else? Was no. Okay. So, on De- so Desiree had perhaps the most boring season of all time, but her brother, no, no, it was actually, it was Sean Lowe's season. Yeah. He went India. to Desiree's hometown and her brother was so crazy. What did he do? He was just, he like, he was just really like, not even passive aggressive, like really aggressive towards Sean Lowe and accused him of having, you know, ulterior motives. And if there's like every single bachelor in the history of all time has had bad motives, perhaps with the exception of Sean Lowe. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so then there was like this conflict and they almost, they almost looked like they were going to get into it. Uh, that's the, the one time that I can remember having a, a sibling be that intense. Well, Anna, what did you think of Laura? I thought, okay, so, so yeah, I agree with Jerry, like something <laughs> Like, there's a reason where, why Laura was like, I'm not going to let you manipulate Mama. Like, clearly they have a past where Claire, as the baby, always got what she wants. Like, she's the, she's the golden child. She's, like, the little blonde one who, like, is the most beautiful or whatever. I mean, the other ones were beautiful, too, but, like, she's the golden child. And I thought that was such an interesting look into her life. Like, you could... 
I agree. You could tell that she was like, you bitch, don't you fuck this up for me. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And I am excited if that, if they, if she allows Laura to come anywhere near her bachelorette season, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to be good. Yes. Yeah. 100%. You know what I, else I, I was thinking? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just to say, do you guys think that she's a natural blonde? Because no. everyone else had yeah. brown hair, so, so she couldn't have been, right? Well, she's a no. hairdresser, so I'm sure she has access uh-huh. to, like, And she definitely hair. shaves her horns down. <laughs> 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 well, you know what, what was, uh, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but you know what made me really excited when I watched this hometown date is that right now, the Bachelor producers are cultivating the best batch of A-list men for Claire because they opened up the casting process again. You know they're all of these bored individuals, siblings of really cute, interesting guys that are sending in their applications. They, they keep air running. I don't know if you've watched the Listen to Your Heart yet, Lori, but they keep airing the ads during that for like the, send it in. It's yeah. going to be the cream of the crop. I, I went from having perhaps the worst cast for Claire. I think it's going to be the best. Great. So she spoke in Spanish. So finally, Laura left, and he spoke in Spanish to the mom. They talked about how hot Venezuela was. It was very sweet. I, but, like, I thought that getting to know that her mom, like, spoke, like, it was just made her. Well, it made me go, like, does Claire speak Spanish? And why hasn't Maybe she not. mentioned? Why didn't she bond with him? Maybe they cut it out. I think they did mention it, didn't they? They did at the in the of beginning. The yeah, yeah, she said like, "Oh, my mom speaks Spanish. I speak a little bit." And I think she said like two words, but yeah. yeah. She she said I would ha- we'd be happy to have you and welcome you and your daughter into our home. Which I they were very. She was very the, sweet. The mom, the mom was lovely. The mom was lovely. And then, uh, but they were all very protective of mama. Like mama, I think maybe when mama lost dada, like something, like they were, she was just wrapped up in a blanket and there was some, like a faraway look. I was like, what, what is, what is happening? That they- I think it, it, that's where I think Laura was like, all right, br- you're bringing a camera crew home. You're bringing this dude home. We, and she even said like something about like, we know we've seen these shows before. And so I think she was just wary of the circus. And it's like, we lost our father. We don't, you know, six daughters has been a lot for mom to do on her own for a while. Like we're all, we've all had to kind of step up and maybe Claire has required the most sort of coddling and sort of bullshit. And it's like, I think Laura was just like, I'm not having it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to pretend like, like this, like this matters to us. Like, we're just not going to do it. Jerry, how glad are you that we didn't um, submit you to be a bachelor in Claire's house? I would have, I would have, I would have TP'd your house. (laughs) could have used the toilet paper okay so then we are at the Lowe's Miami hotel and um it was so weird Claire and Chris Harrison walked in together and then had this really long walk in silence down these stairs what the heck with that entry Anna did you notice that uh yeah I didn't really get it i think i was like watching it but it wasn't really i wasn't i didn't care i was like whatever care claire's a 
why I, I don't know why she got that long silent walk with Chris Harrison in. I there was also moments where I was confused where I was like, did I miss someone walking in? There was like weird editing in that moment. Yeah. So then they had Claire. They were all in their bodycon Miami dresses. They all look pretty. Claire was in her pink one, and then they brought Nikki out side by side, and then they had the awkward silence just to put the two people that hate each other side by side. And then they are all arrive, and he walks up and he says in Spanish, "My girls, my girls, ay ay ay." And I thought, "Ugh, that's so cult leadery." Like the phrase of "My girls, my girls," Lori thought. Oh, I mean, Charles Manson, here we come. Um, yeah, no, he, he, it's so creepy to me. He's, he, he creeps me out. I'm sorry. I mean, I can see how he's charming, but he's, I'm completely. But you know how it ends yet. Like he's not been, he's not been great, but he's not been terrible yet. But I think it's now. I think it's from here on out. He's terrible. Um, so then Four amazing women are in front of me. And then we all knew it was coming because he wasn't going to bone the mom. Um, and she wasn't going to win. So he cut our queen, Renee. The best one left. He cut Renee. And then she's, he starts weeping. And then um, uh, Nikki and uh, uh, the gun shooter embrace each other. And then... Uh, Renee says to him, this is so ridiculous. I did fall in love with you, but that's okay. I opened up enough to a whole new world. I loved him, but I can't force him to love me. I want to have a family. I want Ben to see what love is. And um, he's as good as they come. I'm very thankful. And then we see the coming up, what coming attraction, what happens in the fantasy suite doesn't stay in the fantasy suite. So that, Lori, yes. Well, I have some good news for you all. Please. Shortly after this this episode aired, <laughs> Renee, yeah, our girl Renee was engaged. That not fast? To, that fast. Not to Juan Pablo, but to, in fact, her old high school sweetheart. She actually Aww. wrote in her yearbook that she was going to marry him. Uh, they rekindled a long-distance relationship. He proposed very quickly. And they got married within months of this airing, within oh. like two, two, a month or two. Uh, and she moved to Seattle and... Uh, and she, Away from Florida. She loves Florida. Yeah, no, she lives in Seattle now. Happily ever after, our girl Renee. Okay, so she couldn't have been the bachelorette. Yay. She couldn't have been the bachelorette. Good for her. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. Well, guys, now you guys have all seen this. Starting next week, does it get extra crazy, Lori? Yeah, dog. I can't wait. This is what we. (laughs) This is what we're here for. This is what Jerry and I came for. Yeah, this needs to happen. I can't wait. I really can't. I'm excited for you. Um, Hey, you guys! Thank you so much for going on this journey with us during the quarantine. We so appreciate you guys listening and emailing us, and you can like us on iTunes or Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a review. We love your reviews. Here's one of the ones we got. Five stars, National Horny Day from Ryan Paulson. To celebrate National Horny Day, there is nothing that I can think of to better celebrate this fantastic holiday than to convey how thoroughly hot below the collar I get listening to Arden, Anna, Katie, and all of the sexy, will you accept this rose guests, do the Lord's work every week, Horny, 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 Ryan Paulson. 
God bless you. Thank you so much for your elegant review. Katie and Anna, is this the kind of review that you were hoping to get when we started this podcast? Yes, of course. Yeah. Only reviews like this. This is Only the best review. You know what? I've actually never felt more understood. That's, I feel like you guys get me. Here's another one. Five stars um, from Ray QF. Love this podcast. Thanks for making me laugh. You know what? To the point, short, and I'm going to take it. Thank you so much for listening. Ray QF, we appreciate you. And uh, we are so happy to make you laugh. We're so happy that you left us a review. Thank you so much. You can also email us. Um, here's an email that we got. Um, Let's see. This is from Angela Martinez. I love Tana. And when I heard her plug, will you accept this rose on another podcast? I had to check it out. I was a casual bachelor fan since Nick's season, but I was so excited to hear some familiar voices. Arden, Rob, and Paget. I had to keep watching and keep listening. I've been around since Colton and just became a Patreon member to hear your hot takes on Love is Blind. Love the podcast. Oh. Love that you're all doing Love is Blind and listen to your heart. Keep on podcasting. Stay safe. Love you, Tana. Angela. How sweet is that, Tana? That's so nice. Shout out to Angela. Maybe she heard me talk about it on Daily Zeitgeist or... I'm sure I'm talking about it all over. What else do we talk about? No. I also got a wonderful screenshot of a book pre-order from Taking Root Studio from Rachel Gert. Uh, hello. Hope you're doing well and staying sane. I pre-ordered my copy of your book, and I'm so excited for September. She also attached a, print, a printable coloring sheet of a cat that she created for bored kids in case we're looking for something to do with free time and some colored pencils. Um, thank you so much for buying my book. I It means so much to me. I can't wait for you guys to read it. It's called Little Miss Little Compton. And um, as you know, we recently gave away the Easter bonnet that I made where I'm going to be sending out more t-shirts. I'm going to be making puzzles. So we really appreciate all of that. Once again, that's rosepodcast at gmail.com. It makes us feel so good because you guys are really what make this the most fun part of my week. We love our listeners so much. Right, Katie? We are the best fans, don't we? The best. We do. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys. Jerry, where can people find – okay, so here's how I predict. He, I predict the final two. Well, Andy looks really upset in the coming attractions, like really upset. So I'm going to predict the final two are Claire and Nikki, and that then Nikki wins. I totally agree. Totally agree. I think Andy's family sufficiently scared him off. When I was watching the final rose ceremony, I was like, all right, he could get rid of Nikki, or I'm sorry, he could get rid of Andy because that, that family situation was not comfortable at all. But I think he's got to let the mom go. I think he's he, got to let the mom and go. And he wants to have sex with Andy. And, and, get, and, don't, and make no mistake, those tears, those crocodile tears he shed were not for her. They were for him. He realized an, another thing about himself is that he – as much as he loves the idea of him being just this domestic, you know, father type figure, he just isn't. And he, and he I feels bad you. for himself that I he, he hurt someone. He knew. Hey, Katie. Yes. I have a question for, uh, for Jerry and Arden. What do you think? What is your prediction of what happens that makes Andy so upset in the next episode? Because like when we watched this live, I remember like the whole time they kept showing this and my friend and I were just speculating. Like we had what all these crazy. Do? I didn't see it. What did oh, she do? They kept so showing. 
Yeah, go ahead. Arnie. It was something about she's so upset and she's crying. And then it's also like he like shames her for being late somehow that she arrived late. And then, but yeah, they just keep showing her like crying and crying, and we just couldn't. I'm curious what your guys' predictions are that you think like happens. Because they say what happens in the fantasy suite doesn't stay in the fantasy suite, so it almost feels like he's like talked about her, like he did something and then told somebody. Like I feel like he did something and told people in a way that she was like, "What? Like why did you do that?" That's what or, I. Or maybe she finds out what he did with one of the other women. We'll find out. I can't wait. I mean, I I'm not going to say. I was just curious because, like, when we watched it live, I don't think it's showing as much, but they, like, teased that, like, they did the fence jump. And my friend and I, who were watching it together, just, like, we kept speculating, like, what could be so awful? What I know. Happens? It is. I can't figure it out. It does feel like the only thing is their phrasing of what happens doesn't stay. So I feel like his big mouth somehow disrespected her. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, it could be, it could be because she's very aware. I mean, look, you know, she had that line at dinner where it's like, you guys can't watch that episode. And it's like, so if they do some funky stuff in the fantasy suite and he goes and blabs about it, she would be mortified. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that it's on camera. And that feels on brand. That feels on brand. Um, all right, Jerry, where can people find you? At Jerry Trainer on Twitter and Instagram. <gasps> um, Lori, nobody can find you anywhere, but they'll look for the people with the orange hands. I am <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, Ardemarine, A-R-D-E-N-M-Y-R-I-N. You can pre-order my book, Little Miss Little Compton. Give Email us a copy of the receipt at rosepodcast at gmail.com. As mentioned earlier, lots of giveaways coming up. Tana, where can we uh, you? Uh, I'm at Anna Hosnie on Twitter, and I'm also still doing my Below Deck podcast called Deckheads, if you want to check that out. It's going. Katie. I'm KT underscore money on Twitter and Instagram. And please support small businesses, businesses and restaurants in your area. Um, we so appreciate you guys. Please stay safe out there. Sending you, you and your family and your loved ones. Lots of love. Hang in there. We're in this. We just hopefully this provided a nice distraction. Bye. Oh, yeah. Going to get all up in you tonight. So good. I just got one little question for you, girl. Will you accept this rose? Oh, will you accept this rose into your world? Oh, will you accept this rose into your world? This Rose is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? 
How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.